One ball, two strikes, two outs. Six to one, the Rangers lead in the top of the ninth. Feliz the high set. Here comes the pitch. Breaking ball, strike three call. The Rangers are going to the World Series. In the air, shallow right. The Texas Rangers win the pennant. Second consecutive year. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. Welcome to Rangers Nation Podcast, talking all things Texas Rangers. Rangers Nation Podcast is a part of Dallas Sports Nation, providing coverage of all your DFW sports teams. Now, here's your host, Texas Rangers blogger, the Recliner Nerd. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Rangers Nation's podcast. I'm your host, the Recliner Nerd, and today's episode is Predictions, All-Stars, and it's still not all bad. We will go down in the bus leagues. We're going to do all of that right after this. Hey, guys, the Recliner Nerd here. Do you feel a spark when you get a chance to compete? Competition Dojo is here to feed the competitive fire in everyone. Each month, they provide competitive events to their subscribers. You have a month to learn, practice, and perform. The month-end results rank you against each other. Get off the couch and back in the game. Visit competitiondojo.com. That's competitiondojo.com. All right, and welcome back to Predictions All-Stars, and it's not all bad. We're still going to have some guests come on here, guys. Uh, Sam Hale's going to join us uh, from Baseball Prospectus. He works for Baseball Prospectus. He's not going to join us today. He's going to join us maybe this, possibly this next week. He's also one of uh, – works for the ticket. Uh, Sam and I have become friends. I've met him out at the ballparks there. He's a fun guy to listen to. He's a nerd like me that actually gets paid to cover sports. Uh, and we're going to try to get together this week. we still got a couple of scouts we're going to try to get on here and talk to. Uh, but I wanted to do some predictions heading up towards the draft and heading up towards trade deadline and heading up towards uh, all-star break and all of that of where I thought the Rangers were going to be. And also talk mainly about how it's not as bad as everyone thinks it is. I mean, let's be honest. It's real easy to freak out. The Rangers have lost 11 road games in a row heading into Sunday. And today's Sunday. They're playing again in Seattle, uh, 3.05 first pitch. Um, and, but you look back on all the losses, all the losses they've had. They've, they've lost five in a row right now. Um, but uh, going back to all of them, I mean, let's be really honest. This offense is not the problem. Although it's looked putrid the last few nights, it's really not the problem. They fight back in every one. They lost two to three the last two nights. Uh, Seattle did blank them Thursday night five to zero, uh, five to nothing. Uh, but if you look on the, the on last Wednesday, the Rangers had gotten down pretty big. Uh, to the Angels and came back, came all the way back and ended up losing by a run. Uh, the, uh, Tuesday against the Angels, was that was kind of a, a bummer. They, they looked bad that whole game. Uh, L.A. kind of jumped out on them. And, and uh, they, it's one of the few games where the Rangers never felt like they were kind of really in it at all. They were never going to get back. Other than that, the Rangers have stayed in every game. They went to Houston and swept Houston uh, before heading out on the road. Um, they, took, uh, they took one away from the Yankees, ended up losing a couple of close games, got no hit uh, while back in on, on the homestand and uh, ended up having a, a, a winning record on the homestand. They went 4-3 and three on the homestand. But this thing isn't as bad as you think. Right now, Kyle Gibson's down. Kohei Arihara's down. We knew their starting pitching was not deep, and this is proof positive. Uh, no offense to, 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 uh, to Yang. Uh, 
look, he is just not – I like him. I, I like him a lot. He throws strikes. But when you're hovering around 90 miles an hour, you better be pinpoint and you better move the ball a lot. Um, he gets exposed pretty easily. But with uh, Gibson down and, and Kohei, which Arihara, you know, still don't know tremendous – you know, we're not still – totally set on whether Arihar is going to be a starting pitcher or is good enough to be a starting pitcher in this league for a while. Um, but, uh, you know, we, the, the, the starting pitching in this organization is lower down, and we'll talk about that when we go down in the bus leagues. But the, those guys are, are finally starting to get some arms that are coming up here. We've got one arm to talk about in particular who has done really well. He's obviously the top pitching prospect in the organization who has looked phenomenal. Some other guys that have looked really good. Uh, coming up but we start you know when you got to start getting into predictions and stuff and and talk about uh predictions of things coming up well you know what let's go to this i I put it out there if anyone had any questions nobody really had a lot but but uh one guy from the acu sports fan he had three questions he kind of put them all together he said well rangers skip the shortstop market in the offseason uh since kiner has you know at short is focused on other positions if so what position um, that's a good question that, you know, everyone's talking about Connor Falifa and the year he's having, which is, uh, we'll talk about it later. He's practically an all-star guys. Um, but, uh, is there, is there somebody that, that, uh, you, you know, is there, if, if, is he making it hard? Cause everyone, everyone out there is talking about the free agent shortstop market, which right now you got Javi buys. Baez, you've got Carlos Correa, Corey Seager, Trevor Story is the one that everyone's talking about. And you even got and and Drelton Simpson and Brandon Crawford, which those aren't two guys the Rangers are going to be interested in. I think if they're going to be interested in anyone, you're looking at those first four. Maybe not Baez. He's a little older, but I mean, but maybe well, he's not. He's about the same. But you're you're probably looking in the Baez, Correa, Seager, uh, Corey Seager, or uh, Trevor Story. Story's the one that keeps getting linked here because he is a, a he's a a DFW native, and so that's why a lot of people, I think, are wondering if that's the guy um, that, that they're going to go for. But then comes your question of, you know, what are we going to do with Conor Falifa? Well, if Conor Falifa keeps doing what he's doing now as a uh, gold-glove third baseman, and now he's playing like a gold-glove shortstop. He's playing really well. He's putting up good numbers when he's at the plate. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's doing well there. Um, what, what do you do? Well, the, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the question was, well, if you go out and get a shortstop, do you move him back to third? Well, that's obviously not going to happen. Or it could happen because you've got Josh Young, who's obviously going to be up here uh, probably by the end of the year. You know, he's been injured. He's about to start. Uh, last I saw, Evan Grant said something about he was going to start out Monday, um, probably get start resume baseball activities. He's out in Arizona. Um, get going with that. They, they just had to get one more uh, scan done on the on the foot. Uh, then we had surgery on his foot and get one more scan to resume baseball activities. Probably play in the Arizona um, extended spring, the Arizona League there for a little bit. Probably play a week or so in, in that league, which they're playing games right now. Uh, since there's no longer a short season, um, that, that's the – a lot of the guys that aren't ready to go out or heading out um, once he plays a week or so there, look, right now Frisco has him on their um, on their roster as a seven-day IL. So my guess is that Young will end up at Frisco first. Mainly a couple of reasons. Really easy for the brass to come watch uh, Young play here in Frisco, although they're able to travel and go anywhere they want. You know, you can just drive over and catch a home game at Frisco and watch uh, and, and, and watch him play. It's not that big a deal to go down to Round Rock, which is just three hours south. But, you know, that's something you can stay in your house at night, uh, come over for John Daniels and for um, 
Chris Yon and any of the scouting department or player development want to come over and watch him play and head right back to the office or be at the office the next day and not have to travel. That's probably why – that's my prediction. One of my predictions right there, my guess is that he's, he's going to come over there. Will, they, will that lead them to another position to go for? Well, that's the question. I mean, look, right now, you know, the, there's – God, there's so many variables that have to come into play to find out where they're going to go. It, it's real easy to say, go get a shortstop. And then if, uh, if Young comes up and Young is, uh, is all that we think he is and Connor Felipe is all that he is, well, you know, then you move Connor to second. Well, what are you going to do with um, Nick Solak, who's actually played well? Um, Solak's played really well. Um, uh, well enough. He surprised me. Look, defense is his, the worst part of his game, and he has been very serviceable at, at, at there. Do you move him back to the outfield? Um, but look at what Willie Calhoun's done in the outfield. You know, there's all these variables to go around what to do um, in that situation. If they, you know, they may be set. If this continues the way it is and can, continues the way you're going, um, obviously the, the, the most expendable infielders they have on the team right now are Culberson. And uh, Holt, Brock Holt, and Corey Culber or uh, Charlie Culberson, who most likely are going to get traded away, if they don't go for that as a free agent and don't go for a shortstop like everyone's talking about, well, who are they going to go for? I mean, obviously, starting pitching—that's that, that's. I think this team right now looks at starting pitching as a place to go to to um, solidify their their, their rotation. Um, you know, don't. Don't sleep on the fact that maybe they don't trade if they don't get what they want. Maybe they keep Kyle Gibson around for one more year. I know everybody says sell at the right condition or, or whatever. Um, if they think that maybe next year they might slightly be towards a, a, a wild card position, maybe they hold on. But, you know, I would I would get rid of uh, Gibson this year uh, for that. But uh, so, the, you know, one name that maybe comes to mind, let's say they did a, made a trade this offseason for, for – um, it's a uh, um, Abilene Christian uh, sports fan is the one that, that the ACU sports fan asked this is the if so what position and I said probably pitcher if they didn't go for the shortstop and and go for a starting pitcher one other position po possibly might be an outfielder um, and if they went for an uh, they got enough infielders right now to fill the position with Josh Young with Connor Falefa you've got uh, you know th there's depth there's Yanni Hernandez in, in AAA who could come up and play second base if something were happened to Solak. Um, or you traded Solak, something to that position. So it's not like they're hurting to get an infielder. Maybe an outfielder, especially if they traded Gallo. Um, uh, the, the one name that's out there that as an outfielder that they might take a look at might be Michael Conforto um, from the Mets. He's injured right now. Uh, he's on the IL. He hasn't put up great numbers this year, but if you look at his numbers – um, you know, in the big leagues, he's had about six years service. He's he's got an OPS of eight, you know, point eight thirty five, and uh, he's got a career average of two fifty eight, and he's hit about one hundred twenty home runs, um, and the average is about twenty nine home runs a year. If you lost Gallo, um, that's not a bad way to go. Now he's never going to be the defender that Gallo is, even though Conforto's um, he's a free agent. He'll be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, he's got Boris as an agent, um, but if he's you know, if he can get healthy and come back, maybe maybe they look somewhere there if they trade Gallo to have another, uh, you know, but there's, there's some depth that's starting to come up and, and figure out, but you need a big bat. Maybe Conforto's the one to, to, to do that and, and, and go get someone like that. Gallo, you know, you look at their, their, their comps, Gallo's got a career 209 average and a career OPS of 818, and he's got a career OPS of 835, and I love Gallo. I love Gallo. 
yeah, he does it. He's getting on base so much more, and yes, he's got a low average, and his walks are way up, which is really nice. But, you know, he's averaging 40 home runs a year, not this year. Um, but uh, he's not on pace to do it this year unless something kicks in pretty good. But Gallo is, uh, you know, is such a great elite defender. The, the question with Gallo is, you know, do you get the right price for him if you trade him? Um, and you, so if they were to trade Gallo, because their outfield could be pretty solid right now with uh, Gallo and Wright, and right now they have a center fielder. And I heard uh, Michael Tepin talking about this on the uh, on the the uh, Diamond Pod, um, talking about you know because a lot of people that have talked about do we trade uh, Adolis Garcia? Well, Adolis Garcia is a good center fielder, and his OPS right now is unbelievable. Um, his OPS right now is 927. I mean, he's got an OPS of 927. And the way Tepid put it is even if that OPS, if he comes down to earth, and everybody expects Garcia, and this is what Michael uh, Tepid said, that, that is, I totally agree with. We all know Garcia is a storybook, right? And we know that he's a, sto- a storybook season of what he's doing. There's a point where, where Garcia is going to have one of those He's just going to go cold, right? He's going to go – you expect it. I mean, Danny Santana kept it up pretty well that one year that he pulled this off. But he's, he didn't put up numbers like uh, Garcia's doing. But, you know, you expect him to have a three for 36 or something like that where he go, you know, he go, gets in a little – you know, people start adjusting to him. And if he doesn't adjust back, which he keeps talking about in all his press conferences, he's got to adjust back. That's where you're going to see, um, you, you know, he even if he falls back and then he falls back to a – you know, an 800 OPS, you still don't have anybody below him or in the free agent market to come play center field that, that's going to have an 800 OPS, which is an amazing OPS right now. I mean, there's no way you're going to get that from Leoti. you got Eli White that's a center fielder down there that, that's not putting up those kind of numbers. Um, you know, who, who? You know, you got Bubba Thompson down in AA that's probably your top center field prospect besides um, – Besides uh, Tavares, and both of them, I mean, they've done okay, but they're, I mean, well, Tavares hasn't done great. He's striking out a lot, but they're not doing fantastic. So, you know, the way, uh, it would be hard-pressed to see him trading them. Um, another question that he asked, um, so that, that's what I was saying there. What pitcher from the minors could make their major league debut later this year? Um Wow, that's a good one that has not made their major league debut that might. I mean, I think a lot of people thought Yuri Rodriguez had a chance. He's at double-A right now. Um, that, that's someone to watch. I mean, if, the, if you're going to go with the most obvious choice that might just worm his way up and do something, um, maybe look like a, a Fernery uh, – what is his name? Fernery uh, – got to look up that name that's in double-A. That, that he's the converted – outfielder who's throwing 100 miles an hour has done pretty well but you know someone's like Cole Uvila who's at double uh, A and uh, is, is has done pretty well um, I don't think you're going to see Cole win um, Cole win we're going to talk about in down the bus leagues would be maybe a late call up to do that but I think you're going to go in the uh, relief area is where you're going to go for uh, somebody to make their major league debut. Probably look like for a Cole Uvila or maybe a Fernery Ozuna, as I think is his name, or um, go up into AAA, uh, 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 Barton or uh, someone there. You know, they've, they've just called back up uh, DeMarcus Evans, but he made his major league debut last year. Um, but that that's probably um, 
uh, a pitcher to see do that. You're probably not going to see a starting pitcher come up, make his major league debut because they got enough people that can do that that are in the minor leagues that are ahead of these guys a little bit. Um, and, and you know what? Someone that might do it also is A.J. Alexi, who was part of the U Darvish grade who trade who who is is really they some have rated his fastball the best fastball in the minor league system. He's playing at Frisco right now and he's he's actually done pretty well there too. He's on the forty man roster. Um he might be another one to come up, but they're not going to be a starter um to do it. And then his final question was what what will the Rangers do with Gallo? Um um let me just make everyone understand right now. Um Anything I predict is purely me. I have no inside knowledge on this, and John Daniel refuses to take my calls and take my advice. So I don't know what they're going to do, uh, as, and Chris Chris Young too. Um, if you're going to trade Gallo, probably the best and the most you would get for him would be this this uh, trade deadline. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about the Yankees who need a bat. Um, so there's some other the, the uh, I think they the um, going through and look at who else needs bats i think the indians needed an outfield bat the white Sox could use another bat um and the yankees so maybe if you get a little bidding more there with his especially with his um on base percentage right now and what he's doing in a in a little bit more stacked lineup um it's really the yankees that would be someone i think that would pay the most for him because they usually overspend for anyone um he might do well in that lineup their lineup is kind of set up that way high strikeout a lot of home runs and um you know when they've got Aaron Judge and they got uh, Giancarlo Stanton and those guys, I mean, so that that might be a place. Is he gonna get traded? My prediction, you know, okay, I would say about sixty forty, he gets traded, especially with the emergence of Adolis. I think it's about 60-40. They've got some outfield slots that they could get some more guys up here to see where they're at with them. Um, you've got Jason Martin, who's done pretty well. Um, you've got uh, you've got some guys, quite honestly, that, that you could get up here to play some outfield. Uh, give Eli – Eli White's done better now that he's been sent down. Get some more regular at-bats. Willie Calhoun has solidified himself as, um, as a big league bat. Whether that full-time bat is going to be – on the uh, the forty man roster, I mean, I mean, if that bat's going to be in left field or it's going to be um, as the the full time DH is yet to be seen. Um, but you know, there there are some bats to get up here, and 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 if Willie Calhoun, if they trade, if they trade uh, Gallo, and then Willie Calhoun takes over uh, left field, then maybe put Dahl in right field, and you keep uh, Adolis out in center field, that opens up a DH spot for someone like a Curtis Terry. That could come up and and uh, who's killing the ball at AAA right now? And we'll talk about him a little bit. Um, so you've got you've got the guys right there that are that that, that are um, that, that possibility. What's you know predictions? I think here's who I think is going to get traded. So let's go into the predictions. I think that uh, Kyle Gibson will get traded. I, I the number one guy that the most likely. In fact, I would almost bet. A year salary, but I'm I don't not a betting man. But if I was going to pick the one guy I thought that was really going to get traded, who without a doubt, with 
no doubt he's going to get traded is Ian Kennedy. He's been amazing at the back of that bullpen. There are a lot of teams that would, could always use a bullpen arm. Uh, you talk about flipping a guy, you know, those guys that flip houses. This is, this is what John uh, Chris Young and Daniel did with this guy. Uh, bring him in on a minor league deal. He makes the team out of spring training. He's been the closer for the team with the injuries to Hernandez and LeClerc. He's done fantastic. There's no need to keep him around for a team that's looking to compete in the next three years. Uh, they're going to flip Kennedy and probably get something decent. It won't be a top, you know, if there's a chance maybe there's top 30 prospect, a bottom top 30 prospect from another team. But some of these teams that need a good bullpen arm, this is a good guy to have. Um, and, and they're seeing what he's putting up and how he's throwing strikes and getting people out. And he's, he has not blown a save yet. Knock on wood. Uh, but, you know, so – um, that's a guy that for sure you, you got to assume Kyle Gibson's going to get traded. Um, Fulton has pitched well enough right now that for teams that lose out, the number one guy out there that's most likely to be traded, um, and that's a starting picture, starting pitcher out there. Um, you know, you got to look at someone like Gibson and think he might be, he might be the best arm out there for consistency and what he's doing. Um, none of the big aces are probably going to get moved because their teams are still in it. Um, so Gibson might be the number one target for some of these guys to go out and get. Um, but for the teams that lose out and want to get another reliable arm and they're maybe they're relying too much on somebody, you, you might be looking at someone like Fultonevich who hasn't been horrible. He went seven innings last night, gave up two runs. Uh, offense just sputtered and, and didn't. You know, not enough innings to, to come back, and the offense wasn't doing great. Um, so, the Fultonevich could get traded. Another guy that could be traded um, possibly would be Jordan Lyles. I, I don't know that, that Lyles – I don't think Lyles is here by the end of the year. I mean, he's done okay. You know, he's still signed um, through next year. He's done okay. He's given up a lot of home runs. Um, you know, it, it – You've got the only way you're thinking this is for the teams that lose out. Those teams that lose out on getting someone like Kyle Gibson, um, who is the best pitching prospect the Rangers have to, to, to trade. Um, you know, maybe somebody throws out some international slot money or maybe some cash considerations and eat some of the contract. And, you know, the Rangers are just looking to dump it to get some arms up here and let some guys throw and see what they're doing. They're, uh, um, that might be someone, as far as bats that are going to get traded, the only bat that could get traded, I think, that, that someone might actually give up something, and I'm not. it would be a very, very low-level prospect, or it might be a um, it, very, very low level, or maybe just, uh, you know, before you, you, you DFA them or do that, once Young gets ready, you someone like a Brock Holt might bring something, or maybe even Culberson, who has played well, um, to fill in and be another player off the bench uh, for a National League team or something like that. These guys, or somebody that, that, that loses a third baseman, um, because you could you could get them out, and then you've got uh, – then you've got uh, Andy Abanez is here, so that they could fill in those spots. He, although defense is probably one of the weakest things on his team, he, uh, on his uh, game. Um, but so those two guys possibly. Chris Davis, you're going to get nothing for Chris Davis except that the Rangers are eating his contract. Um, someone might take his bat off a late inning bench, but they're not going to give you anything. Probably just uh, if they sent a prospect, it's because the Rangers would pay every penny of his prorated amount going to the end of the year. But those are the only ones. Let's go to All-Stars. And you've got to look at All-Stars uh, um, and look at the the prediction of who could possibly make an All-Star team. Now, usually they try to get one player from every team on an All-Star team. 
So, it, you know, you got to think, well, at least the Rangers will get one player that would be an all-star. We're right now, the most obvious all-star right now, and, well, there's actually two. I know it's really easy to just say Adolis Garcia would be the automatic guy to be your all-star for the Rangers this year. And, yes, he's probably an all-star in playing that well, but right now, Ian Kennedy's probably your all-star. Um, that's usually for a team that's struggling, that's one of the lower teams. They usually look at their – bullpen arm that's pretty good that your uh, Jeff Simmerman made it uh, and for the Rangers when they weren't that well I think it was what is it 96 or 7 somewhere in there uh, one of those years 98 maybe um, anyway so Ian Kennedy you got to think Adolis Garcia don't sleep on Isaiah Kiner Um you know there there are some American League shortstops that that are probably more well regarded um when it comes to that position who are going to get the fan vote. But when you go to the player vote besides that um, and the coaches selection, um, Connor Felipe might be playing his way into an all-star game. Uh, he's really someone that I think could legitimately have a chance to make an all-star game. Another one that could possibly do that because he's well-liked. I don't know if he's playing enough games would be Jose Tremino, who's had a good year. Um, but those are, those are, outskirt guys that maybe have a chance but I, I, you know we hope you hope they do um but uh that, i think i think that's that's about what you're going to be looking at um when when you're uh for the all-star team i, I think adolis garcia and ian kennedy are the two most likely to make the all-star game um if, if you if it came down to a choice between the two i, I think the easy choice is for everyone to say Adolis Garcia because he's caught the national spotlight and all of that, and you may be right, but quite honestly, the, the easier selection for any manager or anyone to bring in might be an Ian Kennedy uh, to get him in um, and get, you know, they could always use another bullpen arm. It depends on how the voting goes, and our, Adolis may earn it from the fan vote. He's getting a lot of attention from the fans out there, and uh, so maybe he gets in on that fan vote, but uh, the Rangers, you know, it's got to be superstars to get them in, um, in in a lot of situations back when uh, Alex Rodriguez used to get in every year and all of that. And the Rangers don't have that superstar. The closest they have is Adolis Garcia. Anyway, that's the predictions and kind of the uh, not so bad right now. And what I meant by not so bad was, you know, these these losses suck and they're 10 below and nobody really expected them to be where they were. But this team is a team that could rattle off seven out of eight wins um, and get back up in there. They're not going to make the wild card. They're not going to be in the playoffs. Um, they This is all an evaluation year, and that's what that's what the entire thing is. Um, but, but, but with that being said, let's take the time now and let's go down in the bus leagues. Hey guys, Father's Day is coming and the weather is catching heat. Whether you have a dad bod or a rocking six pack, make sure you and your dad are smelling nice and shaved where it matters the most. Make your dad proud this year and get him and yourself the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 and the Refined Cologne by Manscaped. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 and Refined Cologne is perfect for you and the dad in your life to complete your grooming game. Hey, get 20% off and free shipping with the code DAL at manscaped.com. That's DAL at manscaped.com. Okay, let's go down in the bus leagues. Down in the bus leagues, what we'll do, we'll go to each division. We'll talk about a couple of players in each level of play right now and look at uh, some stats and who's 
shining and what to watch for more than anything. No one's really – I mean, there's some guys that are standing out, but some, some guys to really watch for, and that's kind of the way you're going. So, for those that don't know, it goes low A, high A, double A, and triple A. There used to be a short season that was in Spokane, uh, the Spokane Indians. That's no longer affiliated with the Rangers. Uh, now, instead of short season, if they are not playing in – uh, a ball, any player not in A balls in Arizona playing for the Arizona uh, Rangers, which is the extended spring, or they have a little league there in Arizona between all the teams that that do their spring training there. Um, right now, down east is low A ball, and a lot of your young draftees from last year, or young kids, they're usually pretty young that go there, um, are 15 and 8 right now. They're second in their division and uh, playing some good ball. The guys that have stood out really, I mean, that 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 their names to watch is obviously Evan Carter. Evan Carter's not he's not hitting very well. He's hitting like 203, but you've got to look. He leads the team in OPS uh, with a 7.54 OPS. Here's the numbers that stick out to Evan Carter. Uh, Evan Carter has walked 23 times and struck out 24 times. This kid is younger than Jordan Lawler that everyone keeps talking about that that's, might be the Rangers' first-round pick. He is younger than Jordan Lawler. He was that second-round pick that nobody knew where he was coming from. He To have that approach, I heard I heard the, uh, the Diamond Pod guys talking about him, and this is so true. Look, you can teach um, – you, you can work on um, hitting, uh, you know, getting the barrel on the ball. You can work on things. Like the one thing you can't teach very well, you can teach it, but it's hard sometimes to get – if someone has natural approach, in other words, they're seeing the ball well and taking the walks, that's a guy you like. And by gosh, if, if, if Carter is not taking a lot of walks, I mean, think of the number of walks that is. 23 base on balls and 24 strikeouts, that's 50-50. That's what, that's what all-stars do. Um, they strike out um, and 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 walk the same amount of times. That's that's what they do. So that kid is really stuck out in doing that. Now another kid that's playing the field just got called up, and it was the fifth round pick last year, Thomas Sagisi. Um, he's only played in a couple games, hadn't had a hit yet, and he's walked once. Uh, so the numbers aren't there, but he's only been up to the plate five times, I think, uh, something like that. He's like you know, zero for four because uh, he's walked once, but. Um, Watch the name Thomas Segisi. My, my understanding is he just drives the ball, and he was a name. His high school numbers were really eye-opening. They were very eye-opening and, and scary. His junior year, he had an unbelievable year. He, from He's out of California. Uh, his senior year, he was a Pepperdine guy that was going to go to Pepperdine on a baseball scholarship. Rangers took him with the uh, – and paid him above slot to sign. He was, you know, there were only five rounds last year, and he forgot he, – he, uh, turned down Pepperdine and came uh, here, and he just got put on the Down East roster. He didn't start the season there, started out in, in extended spring uh, playing for Arizona Rangers. Um, so watch him now that he's on the Down East roster. I'm guaranteed he's going to be starting every day, and we'll, we'll get to see the numbers he puts up. As far as the pitching goes, T.K. Roby was the third-round pick they took last year. He's done well. I mean, look, his ERA. You can't pay attention to ERA in the minor leagues because there are a lot of – there are a lot of hits in the minor leagues that flares and ground balls that will probably get scooped up by a lot of major league ball players. Um, but uh, when, what you look at is strikeouts. Um, he's pitched 12 innings and he struck out 19. That's that's good numbers right there. TK is 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 it, that's another guy to watch coming up. And uh, and then another one is that the, the year of the draft when everything went wrong when they took the same year they took Colwyn number one pick. Um, in the second, third, and fourth round, they they in the top five rounds they took four high school pitchers: uh, Owen White, Mason Englert, and 
my mind's going blank. Uh, whoever it was, though, three of them had Tommy John surgery that winter. Uh, they they all went to that deload program, and Cole Wim was the only one that didn't. The other three did, and they're all coming back from it now. And uh, Owen White is uh, done okay, but uh, if you look at Englert, I mean, uh, um, Englert's done pretty well. Um, he's pitched 15 innings, 15 Ks. He's got a 4.60 ERA, but looks good. He's apparently moving the ball, placing it where he wants to. He's walked a few batters, uh, but that's a kid that was out of Forney here. He was out of uh, – I believe it was Forney, right out here in East Texas, who did a good job. Um, and and he, he was a good – Jamie Newberg wrote a really interesting story. If you go back in The Athletic and look at some of Jamie's stuff, he wrote an incredible story about Englert, Mason Englert, um, tragedy and that family who was like a blessing to his family. Uh, Mom and dad had, uh, were apparently – he had older brothers and sisters, and before Mason was ever born – I think it, it, I, I, look, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. You need to go read it. Uh, they had had a tragic car accident, and and the children were killed in it. And so Mason, uh, they they got pregnant again and had Mason. I think another brother or sister. Um, and here he is. You know, he's coming up uh, with older brother and sister or something that didn't. And guys, I may have that all wrong. I remember the story was very touching, and and just how. He it led Forney really far into the playoffs that year, too. But go look at him. Um, if you go from down east, you got to go into Hickory. Uh, Hickory is 10 and 14. They're last in their division. They're playing the worst out of any of the minor league affiliates right now. Um, they don't look, they, another big, huge, God, this, this guy who I predicted so much for this year is season. This is the third year in a row. And uh, it's time to write him off, guys. I, I don't know any other way to do it. I'm not writing him off, but it's just time that he's – until he can play a season of baseball, uh, he, he won't ever be on my top 20 list again. I, I, I hate to do that to him because he just was so promising. In fact, I had him as high as six, I believe, on my list, and that was Chris Cease. Uh, he tore up his shoulder um, two years ago, three years ago, tore up his shoulder, uh, came back the next year, second shoulder, um, he uh, two or ten or twelve games in tore up his other shoulder, his non-throwing shoulder, diving back into a base, and then uh, didn't play last year because there was no COVID, because uh, COVID nobody played, and comes in this year had high hopes for him to get playing and tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Just so sad for that kid. Um, I guess the biggest bat on that team right now. I mean, everybody talks about Blaine Krim, who's got four home runs. He's not hitting well. Another guy, the the highest profile kid. On that team is Justin Foscue, who's not hitting well. Um, Justin, and, and it's an and it's an adjustment getting back into it, um, playing wood bat, playing every day. Uh, Justin played at the alt side a little bit last year, and he and had a decent uh, fall instructs. But uh, you know, he he's the guy to come out of there. Uh, he's starting out first year of full pro ball, so he'll be one to watch. He's already hit a couple of home runs, uh, but Foscue's the, the the biggest name on that on that roster now when you go pitching wise uh you look at Cole Reagans who's back now all the way back from two Tommy Johns he's looked well 16 innings 16 Ks he's got a, again a 4.5 ERA you can't pay attention to that in minor league ball it's really about location and going the innings and he has done pretty well along with Ronnie Henriquez who is th this is a, a guy that that's interesting to watch he's one of these little guys that throws really hard um and can even my understanding is get as high as almost up to 100 miles an hour. Uh, he gets close or he, he throws hard. But, you know, he's he's a guy, a high strikeout guy. He's pitched about 19 innings, has 20 strikeouts. But his ERA 
is uh, 2.37. That's pretty impressive. And no matter where you go, that's impressive uh, to, to do that. Um, and then from there, you go to, uh, after that, you got to go to, um, go on down to Frisco, who's 14 and 8 right now. Frisco's 14 and 8. They're in first place. Um, there's just really two guys. I mean, you got Bubba Thompson, who's not hitting base, hitting close to 300. Davis Wenzel, the, another star there that, that's a future big leaguer for sure, just went down with a, a hamate bone injury and it's probably going to be down for at least six, seven weeks getting back from that. Uh, the guy that's leading the team um, is not on the team right now because he is a brand-new father, and that's Ryan Doro. He just had a baby. Him and his wife, Macy, had uh, Riley Doro on the 25th. Um, today's the 28th or 29th. Ryan will be off for at least another half a week before he gets back to play. He is still hitting before he left, was still hitting 422, um, had a 1.136 uh, OPS uh, just in every category besides home runs leading the team. He has two home runs, uh, just playing unbelievable. And I heard uh, Tepid say the other day, uh, Ryan's never been considered a dude, and he's put him on dude watch, mainly because um, Ryan's always had to be a guy that needed to hit above his weight. And that's the way uh, when I was talking with uh, uh, what's his name at, at opening night, uh, he, he said, look, Ryan, Doro's a guy that's got to hit. And I just wrote a big story about Doro. And if you go go to Dallas Sports Nation and see it, uh, it you know, talking about a grinder, a guy that was kind of like an Isaiah kind of Falifa. And, um, and so um, I, I, I was talking to Josh Lucas about him and I, and I asked about him. And I said, hey, you know, and, and he said, you know, that's what he had always said. Lucas has said, he's got to hit above his playing weight, you know, to do that. Well, he's doing it this year. But apparently his defense, he, he grades out at a high arm, uh, that, according to Tep, uh, which is, you know, the highest grade they have is an 80 grade, and he's like a 70 grade arm. And and if you watch Doro, he, and he's an excellent defender, the ball sticks in his glove um, and all of that. And so, um, you know, if he keeps hitting the way he is, look, is he going to be a counter for Is he going to win a starting job in, in, in the uh, in in the major leagues? I don't know. I mean, I guess anything's possible. Um, for that, but he's definitely one of these guys that can come up, play three positions well. Uh, he plays third base, shortstop, and second base well. Um, but he's a leader on the team. I saw first saw him, and that's why he he he, uh, he you know hit my radar when I saw him play in Hickory when he was playing for Hickory. Look, I was there to watch Bubba Thompson. I was there to watch Sam Huff. I was there to watch uh, you know a couple other people play and. The one guy that stuck out was Ryan Doro, and just uh, you know, it, and he's proven to be good. He's put up good numbers up until last year, or uh, sorry, nineteen when he came up with Hickory and he struggled a little bit when he first got to Hickory. Then they had the year off, and comes back this year, and he is he has really been tearing it up. Now, the best, the the, the guy out of every top prospect playing that's playing the best who is on a trajectory that is skyrocketing him, that it would surprise me if he keeps up what he's doing, will be in the top 100 overall prospects and should jump up the, the prospects, is Cole Wynn. Uh, this guy, he, he had six no-hit innings the other night. He's pitched 21 innings. He's got 25 strikeouts. He's got a 2.08 ERA. I saw him opening night. The night that he gave up runs was opening night. He's gone scoreless after that. Um, in his next three starts, he started four games. Um, this kid, I'm going to tell you right now, um, this guy's polished. And is he a number one star? Is he a number one uh, starter? I don't know. Look, I, 
he certainly looks good. I think his fastball, which is is hovering somewhere in the low to mid nineties, um, but is good. But he throws three or four pitches, which an ace would have to have. I mean, I think you could easily project that he's a three, four, or five major league starter for a lot of years, which the Rangers need to develop. They need to develop a guy that's going to come up here, eat innings, be in a game. Never uh, be out of a game. Yeah, I get, you know, every, even an ace gets rocked every once in a while, but you need a guy that's consistent, get up here. Could, and, I mean, can you imagine the Rangers developing a guy to put up numbers like a, a Kyle, look, Kyle Gibson, while he's the ace of the team, is not a true ace in most senses. It's a guy you would, who, who goes to a winning team as your number three starter. Uh, that's what Cole Wynn's setting up to be. Could he move up into a number one or two? Sure. He's got the – if he does what he's doing now in the major leagues, of course. Uh, he's a true ace, but that you know that's to be seen. He's only 21 years old. Um, but uh, this that kid, I'm telling you right now, he was impressive to watch the night that he gave up some runs when I was there, but he was struck out a lot and just – Good Lord, he was poised on the mound. He throws with such uh, ease and, and throwing the ball. He doesn't, you know, to, to ramp it up there. Some of these guys have to use their whole body to ramp it up. But Cole Wynn is my fastest ride. I'm telling you, that's a kid to watch and keep watching his starts. Then you go down to AAA, Round Rock. Uh, they're 13-8. and eight. Uh, they're second. Uh, the, the Frisco, like I said, is 14-8. They're first in their division. Uh, Round Rock's 13-8. They're second. Um, you know, the... Look, Round Rock, AAA baseball right now is a place where you take a 4A guy and you place him. And that's a guy that's, that goes kind of up and down from AAA to single, I mean, AAA to, to the major leagues. Um, some of your guys that have played their way out of um, everywhere and moved up there, um, maybe they're, they're being blocked. So you put them in AAA where they're going to play against other major leaguers or guys that have been in the major leagues, um, instead of putting them down at double A in the bus leagues, you want to keep them on the airplanes moving around and doing that. So, that, you know, the, the guy that comes to mind, someone like Curtis Terry, who is blocked right now up in Texas, um, if they get rid of Chris Davis, if uh, Willie Calhoun becomes an everyday left fielder, and if, uh, you know, because they trade Gallo or even Adolis, which I don't think they'll do, uh, but if they if someone moved and the, so Dahl slid over to right field and you needed and, – and Calhoun's played some decent left field. Uh, say what you want, but he has. And, and comes off of DH to become a left fielder. Um, you could see where Curtis Terry might come up here and get a lot of at-bats as a right-handed bat. Um, he's obviously putting up numbers that would make it well worth him being here instead of Chris Davis, um, who the Rangers will obviously get rid of before the All-Star break, if not sooner. Um, he may be on his last legs now where they let him go, just DFA him. Once he clears waivers, somebody will pick him up because the Rangers will be paying anyway. No matter what, the Rangers are going to be paying his salary uh, uh, to do that. Uh, it, pitching goes, uh, you know, the other players to look for, you know, you got uh, that everyone's like Yanni Hernandez is someone that 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 Tepid's realized he's, he's had some decent numbers. He's okay there, uh, but he, this guy's hits the ball hard. He doesn't have much power, but he, he hits the ball hard and is just hit at every level coming up. Young guy, um, they somebody some have said that that might be a guy that could slide into the second major league second base job. Um, he's a good defender. Um, you know, Tep's all over him. I I haven't seen enough of him to, to give him uh, but I, I trust Hep and Lucas and those guys to to to, to tell me and, and and look he's been on Jamie's radar for a long time so um, that's one that, that, to watch out of AAA coming out pitching right now there's just no standouts I mean Joe Palumbo has struggled um, 
You've got Brock Burt, who hasn't done fantastic. The one guy that maybe watch for is Luis Ortiz. He was a former first-round pick of the Rangers um, who went off and uh, they he was a part of the trade for, uh, I believe it was for what's-his-name, the catcher, um, in into the uh, the Brewers and ended up going to the Orioles um, and where he's made his major league debut. He throws close to 100 miles an hour. He's got a um, – Right now, he's he's sitting on what's he got a three point five two ERA. He struck out nine in seven innings. Um, he's coming out of the bullpen. He's had been in seven games coming out of the bullpen. Um, that's a guy to watch that might make his Ranger debut, but he's not on the forty man. Um, I don't know. Um, it's he's intriguing. I don't know if he's got a free agent out at you know in June. I don't know. You know, some of these guys might have that. Um, we'll see. Um, but that's, that's where the minor leagues are going right now. Some injuries have plagued some of the guys. It looks like some guys are going to start to get back. Uh, you know, hopefully Josh Young will, will be back playing for AA by mid-June. Hopefully in the next couple weeks we'll see him make his way to AA, and you've got to get out there to watch him. Uh, Doro should be back by the end of next week, uh, coming back from the new, uh, you know, Riley's in here. And obviously he got there in time to not miss Riley being born um, and, and see if he keeps up what he's doing, watching the Curtis Terry numbers. Obviously we're going to be watching to see what Evan Carter does at Down East and, uh, and keep up with that. Uh, guys, I uh, kind of was on a vacation. Vacation, took a vacation last week. I'm back at it this week. It is a holiday weekend. Um, happy to put this thing out today. Uh, Going to look to have uh, uh, Sam Hale on hopefully sometime next week. Sam and I will come on and talk Rangers numbers, what they'll do with trade. I mean, Sam has seen Jordan Lawler a few times, what he thinks they'll do in the draft. A lot of stuff has been talked about with that. Um, but uh, appreciate it for everyone listening and been a part of this one. I appreciate it. Like I say at the, at the end of every one of these, and uh, everything that I write. Like Nerd out. Out of Luke and, Bob, and drink that shutterbuck beer.